God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. What is it about Max where they're, everything's fine, and then one day they're 95 years old and they can't like drive properly? Like, you're like, hey, the speed limit's 35, you're going 15. What's up with Max? Their shit does seem like specifically designed to break down at the worst time to where you have to buy a new one immediately. You have to buy a new one. I've had to do that several times where like my, you know, pick your gadget, iPad, iPhone, computer. It's like the best there is when you're using it. And then it's just not even a slow decline. It's just one day it doesn't work. And then you have to rush out and spend 2000 bucks to keep working. Yeah. And then it works great. And then all of a sudden one day it just is shit it's about five years i've kind of noticed that it's about a five year you should plan on dropping a couple thousand bones on an imac or a macbook every five years i'm not doing anything different no i'm not doing anything different on my computer my imac but god damn it yeah if it doesn't run slow as fuck just recently why don't the engineers at apple consult us about how to make their products better. Here's what they're consulting themselves about. Making dollar dollar bill, y'all. Yeah. Cause they're they figured it out. They're like, they're like, well, if we if we let these machines keep running at top speed for Ev, we're not gonna be the richest company in the world. Right. That's pretty neat and pretty cool. Thanks, Apple. It really is sad to think about just how corporations completely rule and control everything yeah. <laughs> it really is a bummer oh it really it's such is. a bummer it's such a shitty thing that happened I, I know i've talked about sapiens a lot but that's something that they really hammer in that book they're like look corporations are made up all of the rules around corporations all the ideas around a corporation were made up by people who were trying to take advantage of large groups of people and we just sort of all believe it and we all just pretend that money's real and we sort of live in this, it reminds me of that, that old, maybe it was a C.S. Lewis quote, it says the doors of hell are locked from the inside. It reminds me of that. It's just, there's, a, there's a doomedness about the whole thing if you really start looking at it. Which begs the question, Bob, is it better just to not know these things? Are you going to have a, yeah. look, you're going to get 80 years here, 80 to 100 years. And is it too painful to try to know the truth? Dude, Confucius said it best. Ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss, dude. Nobody's as happy as the dumb dude. Dude, the dumb dude is having a good time. Speaking of dumb dudes, oh my gosh. I'm curious if you've seen this show. This is so not me. But me and my wife haven't really had a show to connect on, which it's important to me to have something like that with her. And uh, we started watching this reality show called Are You the One? Have you seen this? No, but I'm all ears, dude. All right, I'm I'll, all ears. Let me make it quick because I got sucked in, and you know it's got to be the right calibration of trash to suck me in. So it's 20 people in Hawaii, 10 dudes, 10 girls, and what they've okay. told them. And these are these Hold are 20. Zip. These are 20 people notoriously bad at dating, and uh, I guess their audition tapes are all about how bad they are at it. Experts have completely matched them, like strongest match ever. Like you know, when you. No, I'm not even talking like 
Tinder and shit. I'm talking about like when you could pay these people to match you with somebody. Yeah. In-depth personality test, blah, blah, blah. Someone on that island is their perfect match. And they're thrown in a house together, all 20 of them, with all a bunch they of don't alcohol. Know who, they don't know who the perfect match is. And they is. got to try to figure out who their match is in that house. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I like but it. But here's the deal, dude. And, you know, no offense to any of them who may be Bob Schneider fans or IOK fans, but these people are not smart, dude. They're no. young. They're beautiful. Um, but, man, the 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 display is remarkable. And they're just so drunk. Like, I don't watch The Bachelor. I know you do. Our friend Katie does. Do they just get those people super drunk all the time? Oh, yeah. There's always booze, dude. Because I don't remember the real world. Remember the real world, the OG reality TV? That was all booze, dude. Was I don't remember them being so drunk on TV all the time. No, they were fucked up, dude. The one they did in Austin, I think somebody murdered somebody. (laughs) (laughs) They were so drunk. Somebody got fucking murdered, dude. I don't know. I guess I was just a kid in the 90s, and I didn't know like what a drunk adult really was outside of my stupid-ass dad. But like Jersey Shore was the first reality show I watched, which I absolutely love, by the way. Love every episode of Jersey Shore. They were really drunk on that show all the time. That was the first time I was like, oh, they're just getting these people drunk. But man, right. this this show, Are You the One? They just throw them in that house, dude. They do like a competition during the day. They do these cute little games where they're trying to figure out and they go on dates to try to figure out everyone's hooking up, everyone's getting mad at each other. And then at night, dude, they are just pouring booze down their throats. It sounds like the Jersey Shore recipe. I got into Jersey Shore because of touring with you. Really? We had a day off somewhere, and I'm sure I don't know if you were a part of this, but it was wherever the Smithsonian is up in DC. Okay, and everybody was going uh, to the Smithsonian, which I should have gone because I've never been still, and you know it's one of the world's great museums. But I wasn't feeling good; I was feeling a little sicky, tie tie, and I was probably right, just hungover right. because I was drinking <laughs> drinking Jersey Shore type booze. Right. So I stayed in my bunk for like eight hours that day, and whatever bus we had at that time, a lot of buses don't do this anymore, but Whatever was on the front lounge TV is what was in the bunk TV. And I was too sickly and lazy to change the channel. And it was a Jersey Shore marathon. And I watched it in my bunk. You know what a bunk rat I can be, dude. I can get in that bunk and just stay there forever. And I watched like eight hours straight of it. Fell Fell in complete love with it. Came home, got my wife into it. We watched every episode. We watched every reunion. And to this day, if it's on like in a hotel room or something, I can hardly pull myself away from it. Because you fall in love with those people. Well, you did. I didn't. I thought it was genius because with real world, they keep trying to put a shiny new thing in front of you, a new cast, new people. But the magic was keep these same eight people and you will you will either grow to love them or you will get to know them so deeply that it becomes almost like a family, even a family you love to hate. And that mm-hmm. was magic sauce. And well, a- right. Apple should consult me because I I know what magic sauce looks like. They should put a little magic sauce on their MacBook Pros. They do put some magic sauce. They put the slow down sauce in that shit. Dude, I started watching this show on Netflix, and maybe I'm behind the curb, but it's one of the best shows I've ever seen. It's called Never Have I Ever. Have you watched that? Uh, Isabel watched it, the Indian show. Yeah. Yeah, Isabel watched. Uh, she's She has watched it from first episode to last episode, I believe four times dude it is one of the i i get why she watches it because she loves all she's in love with all of those characters as i am and that's the key the key to loving a show 
is falling in love with the people in the show. And they make you fall in love with the main character in the first five minutes so hard. And that's, but the, I, I agree with you. It's TV is just all character driven. And that's why it's just sad that people don't watch movies as much anymore or even talk about movies. Movies are kind of out. TV is in. TV and podcasts are the new movies, the new novels. People aren't reading. People sure as hell aren't wanting to watch movies, really. And the thing that makes TV, even good TV like Breaking Bad, the difference of what makes it not cinema is that it's all just character. It's just you have 45 minutes to an hour to tell a certain chapter of a story. And it's just all about Walter White. It's all about that Aaron Paul character. There's not there's not a lot of beauty in it. There's not a lot of camera movement. There's not a lot of breathability. There's not a lot of let the audience figure it out. It's just all character and exposition. And it works. I mean, it works. My wife has watched that show four times. We haven't watched a movie together in probably 18 months. But you haven't watched it? I watched it when we were visiting in Austin. She kind of had it on every night. So I I was reading. Um, and then I would, you know, it was just around me. She, uh, she would just binge it while we were, you know, winding down for bed. It seems fine. Uh, so she loves teenage dramas. I mean, I don't love anything that's a thing. But, man, this show is good. I was... I, we watched the whole first uh, season in, like, two nights. And, dude, I was crying a lot. It's really crazy how many good shows there are. Well, I mean, for every one good show, there's a hundred shitty shows. But think about think about 20 years ago. Think about when The Sopranos was on. When The Sopranos was on... There was only one good show, and it was The Sopranos. There were maybe five. There were, like, maybe five shows that everybody watched. Like, right. everybody talked about Lost at work on Monday. Everyone talked about The Sopranos. Right. There were maybe five of those. And you could say like, hey, have you heard of The Wire? And it'd be like, yeah, I've heard of The Fucking Wire. Have you heard of right. Six Feet Under? Have you heard of Big Love? Or whatever whatever the shows were. Everyone talked about Seinfeld and Friends. Now people mention shows. You could probably mention 10 shows I've never seen that are really good. I tell people about Call My Agent all the time. No one's ever heard of it. And no one really wants to check it out because no one wants to watch a French television show about the French film industry. Believe me, dude, I know. I tell people all the time and they're like, give fuck yourself. That's but what about The Mandalorian? I mean, The Mandalorian's fine, but it ain't no call my agent. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I ain't even playing. As, as many of our listeners will know, and as you maybe know, I watched all the Marvel movies last year as some sort of COVID therapy. And I, I have to say, I understand it more. And some of them, some of them, not many of them, honestly, some of them I really liked. But fuck, I'm tired of it, man. I was honestly happy. This, this is going to sound very petty of me. I was happy that James Gunn's new movie did poorly. Because the two kind of figures in this Marvel versus cinema combo are Martin Scorsese, the greatest ever. Right. And James Gunn, who's made a couple good movies, but is kind of a, kind of a little douchebag who's going after Scorsese because Scorsese is like, they're not cinema. It's fine. They're fine. They're disposable entertainment. It's fine. But James Gunn has to, has to go after the master and are, he's going to argue with Martin Scorsese. And then his movie came out last weekend, comic book movie, suicide squad two or three or whatever bombed. It made me happy. Well, did it bomb? It, it only made 25, it only made $25 million at That's the box bomb. office. But I mean, I, I watched it on HBO. I guarantee you, if that wasn't on HBO Max, it would have done a hundred million. 
but uh, it, since it was on HBO, everybody just subscribed to HBO. No, and dude, then movies it that only are, made movies that are coming out in both platforms are still doing well. Black Widow did like a hundred million. Yeah, because Black Widow was on. You had to pay forty dollars to watch it on Disney Plus. I'm not why, dude. If I had to pay forty bucks to watch fucking Suicide Squad, I would have gone to the theater and spent twelve bucks. But I didn't. I have HBO Max, so I watched it. I didn't spend any money. The same thing will happen when uh, Skyfall or the not Skyfall, but the new James Bond comes out. I'll go see that in the theater because I can't watch it. I think. Else. I think even if you count for like Delta variant scaring people back away from theaters again, HBO Max, you know, simultaneous release on a premium home video platform i think even if you count those things i think the movie underperformed and was disappointing and doesn't surprise me the first one was almost unwatchably bad the first one was unwatchably bad the second one i couldn't get through it it was so bad it was even worse than the first one right but the only reason the third one's any good at all is because james gunn came in and took a turd and polished it up and it's okay it's a pretty good movie well and you got margot Robbie. she's great no she's the worst part of the movie really she's the worst She's the only thing from the original that they kept besides the dude who kind of puts the squad together, but he's barely in this new one. Uh, no, she's not good, but but the movie's pretty good, but it it looks horrible. It does. I thought it looked great in the preview. Um, I, I thought the movie wasn't as good as I thought the trailer was. I always like in a movie, uh, I love it so much. I love the titular line. And uh, there's a there's a line in the in the trailers that they keep pumping out wherever I keep seeing it. There's like, I'm not going to join your suicide squad. <laughs> I love a good titular line, dude. Are you asking me to be a part of some sort of suicide squad? Anyways, it's pretty good. I did not know he was going after Scorsese. Well, Scorsese, one time in an interview like three years ago, commented on Marvel. He, it's not like Scorsese talks about it. Scorsese doesn't... Dude, Martin Scorsese doesn't give a fuck. Right. He makes his movies. He does his thing. He's not like a... He's not a dude that's like really inserted into popular culture. He's an icon because of his work. He doesn't... Right. And he's like a master of cinema. And he like... He has done a lot behind the scenes to um, fund and produce world cinema cinema by marginalized people people of color tell women's stories like he's one of those dudes that just behind the scenes he's just doing a bunch of great work he doesn't get a lot of credit for it and someone asked him in an interview because we are we do we were in the marvel world our everything is built around those movies now if you care about movies any movie you like little movie little david lynch movie that might come out is only funded because iron man 3 did 800 million dollars in the box office that's just the way it is now. So someone asked him about it, and all Martin Scorsese, he was like, you know, I watched some of them. Some of them are charming. Some of them are good. Some of them I can see the director's vision, like that type, the guy who did uh, Jojo Rabbit, Thor Ragnarok. You can see people's actual like artistic personality come through. He's like, but for the most part, it's not cinema. It's it's disposable. He's like, the characters never arc anywhere that interesting. They're 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 all within these archetypal frameworks that they have to exist in. They're, all the beats of those Marvel movies are the exact same. The conflict happens here. It resolves here. Nothing's really at stake. Whole cities burned to the ground, but no one dies. No blood. All that stuff. There's nothing at stake. Anyway, he just said that in passing. And James Gunn is just kind of keeps drumming it up in the press and going after him about it. And then doubling down. Then trying to dig out of his hole. Kind of agreeing with him. Then disagreeing. The dude's all over the place. I'm surprised well, you haven't seen any of that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not... 
hooked into the internet, I'm doing this thing called A, making art, B, being a fucking baller, C, balling, D, getting so sleepy from fucking balling all day, mm-hmm. sleeping, and then waking up and fucking repeat. Rinse, ball, repeat. <laughs> I think it's more that you're watching the show ballers and you're watching the show house. No, I don't watch I don't watch ballers. I do watch house. Um well, I was watching house, now I'm watching Perot. Now I'm watching Never <laughs> Have I Ever. But mainly just getting up and making and art. Yeah, balling. <laughs> Dude. I mean, I'm taking the word all out of the word ball. And it's just B for B schnit T. Mm. Ballin'. Mm. I may change my name to Ballin Schneider. Or maybe you should call it Bob Ballin Schneider. I don't know. We'll see. I'm working on it. I'm with you. I, I I do scroll on these platforms on my phone, and that is how I see all this crap. And when I get the little update from my phone that's like, your screen time is down 40%, I'm like, wow, I'm getting closer to being a person again. But then sometimes it says your screen time's up 40%. I'm like, oh, well, I was in a van a lot last week, and I was on airplanes a lot, so... Dude, you've you've been playing a lot of shows. How how is it to be back playing those live shows in front of live people? I fucking love it, man. I'm having a it's blast. So nice, isn't it? I'm having a blast, dude. And I, I, you know, a lot of crazy shit. I don't. Again, this might be me plugging the internet, but a lot of controversy happened last week. I'm curious what your thoughts are, and I'm curious if we can do this in a way that's that we can land. But Jason Isbell came out and said, hey, listen, here's the deal. A lot of these venues are now requiring proof of vaccination or a negative test. And he was like, and you know what? I'm for that. I think it's cool. But I'm just letting everyone know these certain venues are now requiring that. So make appropriate whatever. People got real, you know, many people were like, hey, we appreciate that. You're trying to take care of your fans, your crew, your band. Thank you. That seems prudent. But of course, there are people who've took that as a a really serious affront to their freedom to see a show or they think Jason Isbell is a snowflake or that it's just more signs of people kowtowing to government control. So people are really upset. One of them was Mark Broussard, who's also a songwriter. Have you ever heard of Mark Broussard? Oh yeah. So he basically came out and said, hold up. Zip. He basically came out and said, called Jason Isbell basically a bourgeois liberal snowflake and was like, I'm not going to tell my fans what to do. And got, dude, I'm telling you, Bob, I I read all the comments, even on his own page. But I was really relieved uh, that we could play the shows. Playing the shows was fucking amazing. It was kind of scary looking out and seeing, you know, 800 people. Um, I haven't really... Someone someone asked me recently, they're like, are you scared to be around these crowds? It's like, well, when you're on stage, you're you're not out there. I don't know if you felt that way, Bob, but like, you're looking out at a crowd and it's like, I'm glad you're all here, but I'd rather be on stage. Dude, I played a show on Saturday at Green Hall. Yeah. That was sold out. Oh, that place is popping. Max, when, ca- yeah. max, max capacity. Yeah. I think I saw three masks in the audience. The place is fucking hot, dude. It's, mm-hmm. it's probably 90 degrees in there. Everybody's sweating. Everybody's dancing. Everybody's shouting. Everybody's singing along. I'm like, if this isn't the fucking testing ground for how fucking (laughs) contagious COVID is. I don't know what is, but here's the thing, man. I'm vaxxed and relaxed. Now, 
afterwards, I was like, well, let's let's see if this vaccine works. Let's see if this vaccine fucking works. Guess what? Works. Works like a charm. And the thing about the Jason Isbell thing, I mean, I'm sure he's like walking some shit back, but I do know that he played at the Austin at you know the movie Moody. theater. He had, yeah. He had two nights at the Moody and Moody was like, Hey, Jason Isbell is requiring everybody to either have proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test. And that's his he's he's yeah, his yeah, management or his people are doing it. It's that's yeah. not Moody Theater. Yeah, yeah. Because Moody Theater didn't give a fuck. Well, he also, um, so once Venue started to do it and he started to think it through and, and let his fans know, I think you could see it in real time because I was just looking at Twitter every day because we were, we were traveling in a sprinter. And I think it got to a point where he was like, hey, I'm now, I'm now going to require this no matter what. So it, it took a couple of days for that to unfold. The big Mark Broussard, you know, kerfuffle happened. And there was a venue, um, some pavilion in Houston that basically was like, we're not going to do that. And so he he changed the venue to Billy Bob's. I right. guess Billy Bob's contacted him and said, hey, we'll, we're down with that. We'll do it. Send all your people over here, which is a huge, you know, people think Jason, dude, Jason Isbell is going to lose revenue and and ticket sales and fans by putting his fans through that. He's going to right. tarnish reputations with promoters. Sure. Uh, maybe even rep his reputation with Live Nation, who I think agree with everything, but also Live Nation needs to make that fucking money, especially after the last 18 months. So if people think he's doing that, some sort of posturing that benefits him, I think they're wrong, dude. I think he's sacrificing because he believes it's the right thing to do. Well, I guarantee you Live Nation got plenty, plenty, plenty of government money to help them. But I mean, let's unpack it because here's the thing. If you make people get a vaccine to see you play and they love you, but they don't really want to get a vaccine and then they get a vaccine, win. So maybe there's a few people. Well, he's also, but I think another thing that's getting lost. Maybe is there's it, a few people, but it's not going to be, he's not going to get that many people getting a vaccine to see him play. But it's not just a vaccine. It's also proof of a negative test. So go get tested. Don't get, he's not telling anyone to get a vaccine. Right. You don't he's want to. one either or. Yeah. But, but for some reason it is weird. That people that don't want don't want to get vaccinated also don't want to go get tested because we I know pre vaccine there was a show that somebody wanted me to do in their hotel room and I was like um I don't feel comfortable I don't know you guys so I'll do it if everybody including me goes and gets a test you know, the day of the show. So we all know that we don't have it. And they were like, no, we don't want to do it. And I was like, okay, no problem. No problemo. But here, here's, this is the thing, dude. It's like when you want to have sex with somebody and you're like, Hey, uh, just letting you know that this is just sex and I don't want to have a relationship with you. Then the person can go, okay, I want to have sex with you. No relationship. Even though they kind of secretly do want to have a relationship. But, Better to have that conversation before you have sex than after. And the same with 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 the COVID testing. It's like you can't sell the tickets and then go, mm, now this is the way I feel. So that that part is a little. Mm. Well, I mean, you can during during a, gl a global pandemic where information and like variants are changing. I mean, dude, you, you can absolutely do that. It's not a transaction. It's not a transaction that stays static. It's a transaction that 
is it's like a rain or shine show or it's like a sh- an in, or, you know depending on the weather type thing it's like if you're playing in an amphitheater in west palm beach and there's a fucking hurricane coming <laughs> you have to you have to deal with that you have to deal with that for the safety of the audience you know what's interesting about this conversation that we're having right now what i kind of had one idea about it going into the conversation what you're saying makes sense to me and now i've changed my mind hmm that's rare how about how about that man I, well i i love it i love that are you being serious 100 percent serious i love it dude it's like I, I witnessed this happening on an ig live i did with my metal up your podcast people um people were disagreeing in the comments about something never got super heated and then someone changed their mind in real time and i was like it was like being hit with oxygen dude i was like whoa that's okay to do you didn't lose anything you didn't give up yeah. you didn't you didn't lo- your ego didn't have to take a hit yeah and it uh it, it was like remembering a faraway dream dude it was like wow people can do that i appreciate that about you i you've in- inspired me to change my mind many times the thing is you know when that happens a lot is within friendships and within relationships. It happens when you're having a conversation, you're actually listening to the other person, and then you they they say something and it makes sense to yeah, you. Yeah, right. And then you change your mind. Now, nobody can make you change your mind, but they can say something or act a certain way or present themselves in a certain way, and you can look at that and go, I like the way they're acting, or I like that information that I just heard, and then you change your mind but you can't change other people's mind that's the whole problem with social media yeah and and people like mark broussard mm-hmm. like him telling people his opinion of jason isbell does nobody any good right because it doesn't change anybody's opinion and it will just what what you saw happen the people will just pile the fuck on this guy well you also aren't going to do yourself any favors by trying to get into a word salad with Jason Isbell because he will eviscerate you. Now, for better or worse, like his music or not, the dude, you don't want to have a 140-character sparring match with him because he's got a fucking razor-sharp tongue. And the dude definitely went after Jason first. And so it really, Mark, what really Mark, what he really should have done, dude, is said, point taken or something i don't know i mean but but that's the problem is when you're communicating on the internet no one's really communicating to understand they're everyone's just wanting to posture their opinion and get get into a feedback loop that supports their loud megaphone opinion it's like it's like actually changing your mind and like thinking and listening is too nuanced for the internet it's not really built for that it's built for outrage and for consumption when somebody is doing something that I can't understand when they're acting in a way that I don't understand. My first thing is like to ask them, what's the story you've come to this decision. Now, if they're dumb or if they're fucked up or if they're drunk or something, of course I'm not going to listen to them. But if they seem like a rational, intelligent human being, and they've come to a decision that for me doesn't make sense. All I want to do is hear their reasoning and their story and their narrative because obviously they've got information that doesn't jive with the information that i got when to make my decision and so i like hearing that information and then i then i know more then i'm more more informed and that's the thing i like being more informed you want to know what's actually true like you're really after what's true even if you were wrong about it well I i just want all the information and and the thing that it allows me to do 
and I do this in my I do this in my relationship with my wife. What it allows me to do is understand the other person and then be empathetic towards them and and because I understand where they're coming from, it makes me appreciate who they are. Right. For instance, if me and my wife are having a disagreement, we do this thing called a mago where we do it too. We, yeah. we sit there with each other and the person says, "Hey, I hate the fact that you've been I don't know, not doing the dishes or whatever the fuck it is." And then the other person says, "You hate the fact that I'm not doing the dishes." Mirroring. They're not it's you're mirroring. So basically what you're telling the other person is, "Look, I heard what you said, and to prove it, this is what you just told me." And so you just have the whole, because normally the person says, oh, I hate that you're not doing the dishes. And then the other person's like, yeah, because I'm fucking working all the time or whatever the fuck. And you don't get anywhere. Yeah. It slows you down. You're just defending your position. Yeah. I've had, have you ever had mirroring? I've had mirroring too, where it's like your partner will say something and you'll mirror it. And because another thing you do is you say, did I get it right? Is that what you're saying? And there's been times when it's like, no, you you didn't get it. No. You didn't. And in fact, yeah. I didn't get it right because really what I meant was this. <laughs> and then you really get, you dig down. And yeah. the hardest thing to do at first, but once you've done it a few times, it gets pretty easy because you're not agreeing with the person. You're not saying what you're saying is true. Right. All you're doing is saying, I'm hearing you and this is what you said. And right. when you have a conversation with somebody like that, and it can be about anything. It can be about politics, religion, body rights, whatever the body rights. Body rights. <laughs> dude, but, dude, I don't know what anything Let's is Let's talk called. about those body rights, baby. Yo, <laughs> yo, man, lay off my body rights, bitch. Um, whatever it is, you can have a conversation where you're letting the other person know, I hear what you're saying. This is what you're saying. And then after that's all done, you go, well, I can see how you would feel this way because of all the information that I just heard. And the other person, lots of times what people want to do, they just want to be heard. It's not even that important that you believe them, but they'd like to be like, I want to be heard. So, and they want to know that you know how they feel. Now, when that's done, you can say, has this ever happened before? And it always has usually in your childhood or maybe previously in the relationship or whatever. Lots of times something's happened. You have a resentment. This reminds you of the resentment. Maybe it reminds you of something about yourself that you hate, whatever it is. Then the person goes, yeah, when I was a kid, my parents made me do the dishes all the time. And when I didn't, I got spanked or whatever the fuck it is. Who knows? It doesn't matter. But it also allows them to kind of go, oh, that's where my anger is coming from. It's not really coming from this one time that you didn't do the dishes. Right. It's coming from all the other times you didn't do the dishes or the time, that whatever it was. There's something in the past. And it is always tied to the parent thing. And it's not, and sometimes it's not because your parent was shitty at it. Sometimes in our, in our work, it was either called like a deficit. Was there a deficit of this thing that you're responding to? Or was it something that you had that you don't have now? Right. Like, well, my dad was always really good at this. Now my husband is not good at this thing my dad was good at. And that's where some right. of the anger and rage are. Um, man, we're really cracking it open, but we got to go. It's time to time to go. Maybe we can spill over into the secret weekly some of this good sauce. Once again, 
I'm okay, you're okay, I'm not okay, you're not okay. Join us at patreon.com backslash IOK. You can watch the show that you just listened to on video. You can see what we look like. Pornhub.com. Yeah, I mean, some people do take pieces of this and put it on Pornhub because it's fucking master. It's you want to masturbate to this, right? But you can go there get get on the get on the train. Plus, you can listen to the Secret Weekly, which we're about to do. We thank you if you are a Patreon member, and if you're not a member and you just are listening, we thank you as well. Uh, it was nice spending this time with you. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>